Blog Talk Radio. You have just tuned in to the Midweek Pick Me Up Energy Show, featuring professional officiant, tuning fork facilitator, and author, Marcy Ann Chi. In 1988, Marcy Ann discovered the quantum fields of energy and vibration, and since then her life has been a day-to-day experiment in knowing how to live in light energy for happiness, health, and wealth. She shares the principles and laws of light energy as they operate in everyday life. And now, here is Marcy Ann. Hi, everybody. It's the middle of the week. Time for us to see if we can find some energy. <laughs> I don't know whether where you live, but where I am is hot. So hot saps your energy. So going to try to see if I can help you get some <clears throat> some cool energy today. Uh, I wanted to tell talk to you about um one of my clients recently. He just um had more problems than anybody almost that I've ever talked with. He, he had just experienced the collapse of his 35-year marriage. His um ex-wife is is now living with another man in the 1 million dollar marital home that he had that the husband had bought and paid for and he's not able to see his children because the courts have now declared him to be a dangerous and violent man because he's just reacted very very badly to all of this and he made threats to his wife while carrying a weapon so you know, I do agree that he's been through a rough time, and um, he, uh, but he was just taking this very strong, you know, stand about how he didn't choose to come here to Earth, and he didn't choose to go through all this terrible stuff that he's been through these last five years. I had no idea my wife was having an affair. Because according to his assessment of the marriage, he said they had good sex for the entire 35 years. She was a good cook, and she always told him she loved him. You know, a lot of times men do judge the success of a marriage by food and sex. So when he received the divorce papers, it just came as a complete and total shock to him. And when he asked her what the hell was going on, she said she wasn't sure that she had ever loved him. So apparently their whole life together was some sort of a dream that just wasn't true. But I said to him, oh, oh, wait a minute. Yes, you did choose to come here. He said, no, I didn't. Who'd want to come to a place like this? I was just shot out of a cannon and I landed here. And I said, well, choosing to come here is the only way you can get here. And he said, that's ridiculous. But then he said, what do you mean? I said, well, this is a free will planet. Everybody who is here has chosen to come here because that's the only way you can get here. You have to choose to come here. You have to choose your mother, you choose your father, you agree to come to be trained, to uh, be trained for a job in, in the universe. Anybody who's on 
planet Earth has already had a lot of lives uh, in other types of life here in our universe or possibly other universes. I believe my son came here from the Andromeda star system. He volunteered to come here to experience being able to use the power of his free will to create choices for himself. And his first choice was to come here. And his mission was to help his sister, who's 361 days older than he is, to making a transition from always believing that there's never enough to learning that there is always enough. That's part of her soul journey that she needs to learn now. And he came here to help her make the transition in just this one lifetime and not have to go through, you know, many, many, many lifetimes to make it. Because you know what? This planet is a junior college for those who are being considered for positions in the universe. And to have dominion and be able to rule and reign justly and purely. To have the wisdom of Solomon and the mercy of Jesus. And sometime during the soul's life stream, uh, they will be ready to learn how to be an independent, self-sufficient, sovereign creator being and that's when people are sent here because this is one place where you can learn how to be a creator so you chose to come and you created this situation that you call hell he yelled back at me what do you mean i created it she did this to me this isn't what i wanted so i asked him well what do you want He said, I want my life back. I want my wife back. I want my children back. I want what I had. She took it all away from me. And I have to tell you, I fight myself every day to keep from going over there to my house and killing her. You know what? We hear these stories every day on the radio and television, don't we? Someone just goes crazy and goes and kills someone. And you know what? Probably in every case, the person who was killed did something to the killer that hurt them really bad. And whatever it was, at the core of what happened between them, there probably was a betrayal of their love and trust, whether realized or imagined. So I said, well, how would killing her get your life back? And he backed down a little. He said, well, it wouldn't, but at least she wouldn't be having it either. She deserves to die. She killed everything that was important to me. So I said, well, what if you could get your life back? You know, Job lost everything, but the Bible says the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning because the conclusion of something is always better than its beginning. And So would you like to find out what is the ending to your story? He says, you mean the end of my marriage and the end of everything that isn't that has ever meant anything to me in my life isn't far enough to go? 
And I said, well, you're still here. So I guess we haven't gotten to the end yet. And he said, well, I don't want to be here. And I said, well, you are here. And if you would now choose to be here, you could find out what the ending is, which is better than the beginning. Because actually, in eternal time, in no time, there is no beginning and ending anyway. But in linear time, it appears that there are endings. But really, they are conclusions. And because of what you've just been through, you've drawn some conclusions. But some of these conclusions aren't true. And as long as you hold on to them, you can't be in the truth, and the truth is what will set you free. So, first of all, would you like to choose to be here so that you can reach some new conclusions and then be able to continue on your soul's journey? Because apparently the woman you were with for the first 35 years is not the one you're supposed to be with in the next part of your journey here now. And there is a kernel of truth that is embedded in each and every one of those 35 years you spent with her, plus the 20 years before that, and that you can begin to find these kernels of truth in this hell that you think you are in, and you can begin to reach some different conclusions about your life. Would you like to choose to stay? Well, this had been a telephone um, therapy session with him, and there was just dead silence at the other end of the phone. And then... Just barely audible, I heard, yes. And then, back in his victim power, he said out loud and very strong, but this is just a point zero 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 one percent of me that's doing this. And I said, yippee, <laughs> that's all it takes. Point zero 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 one percent of you. <laughs> That's the most important part of you. That's the amount of power. That's all of the amount of power that it takes for a turnaround in anybody's life. Point zero 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 one percent. Of you. Well, at this point, we had completed one week of counseling, one hour a day for seven days. He did miss the sixth day. Um, and when we talked on the seventh day, I asked him why he hadn't called in on the sixth day. And he said, well, I reached the very bottom yesterday. I couldn't go down any farther. He said, my van won't start. I have no money and I am now totally and utterly helpless. Uh, He had told me he had been living in his van at truck stops, and he said that he tried to find handyman jobs. 
So I looked up the Goodwill Industries in the town where he lives, and it was it was within walking distance of where he was. So I told him, you walk over to Goodwill because they can sometimes offer immediate housing and a part-time job, and they have employment counselors there as well. And I also found out there was a Salvation Army in his town, and and you can usually get a hot meal and a bed temporarily there. And he had been counseling with a pastor of a church in his uh, that he had been going to, and um, this this uh, pastor. <laughs> Uh, believed that the computer was the beast, you know, the 666, and it was part of Satan's way to destroy us. And so he hadn't been using his computer where he could have found out all this information for himself, but I found it out for him. So I told him to call that pastor who had been teaching him all this stuff. Um, He had also told him, you know, you don't have to do anything because Jesus is coming any day now, and and Jesus is going to get us out of here. (laughs) And uh, I said, call that pastor you've been counseling with. I mean, all churches have funds that are designated to help the indigent. I told him to ask this pastor for help. Originally, churches used to be the main source of welfare before the government decided to step in and make it possible for a 21-year-old black unwed mother of two children that I saw on Judge Judy to get over $4,000 a month in disability and aid to dependent children. (laughs) So on the seventh day, we reviewed the content of the week we had spent together. Most of the time was taken with him crying about what had happened. He kept trying to justify all his actions and prove how she had done him wrong. And we discussed these doctrines that the pastor had been teaching him, and I I told him Jesus wasn't coming soon. He wasn't coming back at all. Jesus has already done what he was supposed to do, and now we are to do what we are supposed to do. And he said, well, so I'm trusting in Jesus, and he isn't going to do anything to help me? And I remember a program that Oprah did uh, when Obama was first running for president, and she visited in his senatorial district in Chicago, some parts of which have been in abject poverty for generations. And she was walking down this filthy, dirty alleyway with a lady, a black lady who was grossly overweight. And she had her two children with her, each from a different father, and both fathers uh, were now in jail. And the woman said, I keeps praying to Jesus to help me, but I just don't get no answer. I hope Mr. Obama will be able to help me. And Oprah said, well, you know what? I, I had to do some things for myself. I mean, I went to school and got my education, and then I just took any job I could get. I started out part-time. I was the low man on the totem pole doing what nobody else wanted to do, but I stuck it out and I held in there, and step by step, little by little, I began to climb the ladder, but I had to do it myself. No one did it for me. I had to prove myself. I had to qualify. I had to show that I could be trusted. I had to show that I could follow the rules. I had to demonstrate a level of ability. I had to take the tests. 
and I had to pass the tests, and I did. No one did it for me. And I told this desperate man, no one can do it for you. You're the only one who can do what you're supposed to do. And, I, and then I told him, I said, you have found that point zero 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 one percent of you. That's the most important part of you. Each of us starts out by activating that point zero 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 one percent and it's part of that part that no one else can do. And then we do two percent and then we do three percent and then we do four percent and eventually we get to one hundred percent. And that's when we are ready for our universe assignment somewhere. <laughs> But we have to find out the realm of dominion we are being trained for. We have to know our purpose, and we have to do the work. Our .000001% can't be done by anyone else. Well, what I learned during the week of counseling with this gentleman was that I discovered he just can't work within the rules. He just takes matters in his own hands. He judges the situation from his point of view, and he gives a verdict of what needs to be done, regardless of boundaries or preset conditions, agreements or contracts, and then he just acts. He runs rampant, breaking down doors, going into places where he isn't invited or has any right to be. And he threatened his wife, waving a gun in the air and a as a result, is now considered a dangerous person who can't even see his kids without supervision. He is his own worst enemy. I mean, even Jesus submitted to the authority of Rome during his day, and that government didn't legislate freedom and justice for all in the purest sense. Perhaps neither does our government. That is no reason to take matters into your own hands to try to force changes. Most of the people working in the various levels of organizations are just trying to earn a living. Mostly they're doing the best that they can. Most are doing what they're told to do so they can get a paycheck. And the other problem is that we've been taught a lot of silly stuff, like, you know, like Jesus is coming any minute, or war is a part of patriotism, or everybody's entitled to everything, so we need to take away from the rich what they have earned and give it to the poor who deserve it. I mean, many are passionately working to further these efforts because they believe they're doing the right thing. They believe they are noble in their efforts. I've heard people say, well, if I don't fight for what's right, who's going to? And I have another lady I'm working with who keeps using this same phrase as her justification for her complaint. He just won't do the right thing. Talking about her boyfriend who just broke up with her. She can't see that what she concludes is the right thing for him to do is not (laughs) what he has decided is the right thing for him to do. So unless there's an agreement about what is right, you don't have a unity. You have separation. And so he has separated himself from her. And she just can't accept that he has chosen to not be with her anymore. 
and even though she continues to say, he had everything with me, but he just won't do the right thing. You know, each person here on planet Earth has his own truth about what is right. This is included in our right to choose. And we make our choice based upon what we believe is right for ourselves. And when what, what we choose for ourselves is no longer in agreement with the other person involved, well, then we need to freely release them because they have their right of choice too. And I told this angry man that his wife had chosen to be with this other man. So he needed to release himself from the emotional attachments he had to her. And perhaps eventually we can all (laughs) be released from many of the third dimensional realms of duality that we're still uh, confused by and move on into a higher realm where each person's conclusion is in harmony and peace with each and every other person's conclusion. And maybe you wonder how in the world this will work, and I have to say I, I, I don't know yet, but I believe it involves personal worthiness and desire for appreciation, personal sovereignty and the need to be important, and acknowledging respect for others while we still are free to fulfill our purpose. And each organ in our body operates within its own personal sovereignty and doesn't try to tell any other organ of the body that it has to do things a different way. Each organ respects the job that the other organ does, and they all work together. And in the realm of nature, you know, deciduous trees don't think that fir trees have to shed their leaves in the fall, even though both of them are trees. And an apple tree doesn't try to force a peach tree to make apples. Nature respects the similarities and differences within the various kingdoms. And sometimes the difference in the similarity or the difference in the variation is 0.00001%. You know, that's why that 0.00001% in you that is still hoping for the best is so important. Do you know that architects operate within this 0.00001% tolerance? Because if the numbers are off on those skyscrapers, the building falls down. And do you know that engineers operate with this 0.0001% tolerance when they're designing an aircraft? Or else it won't be able to ascend and descend and withstand winds and storms. Do you know how that 0.0001% could affect two planes approaching an airport at the same time? And how closely the air traffic controller has to watch those computations? Yes, 0.00001% makes the difference. People who do these jobs must be accurate and true to fulfill their job's requirements. And we're being prepared to eventually be in charge of even greater and more significant operations once we pass all of our tests here and go on to our next position of dominion. So nothing is insignificant. That 0.0001% of you is 
so important. Well, really, there's nothing that's mundane or unnecessary or a misfit or is not needed. Everything and everybody is significant, important, needed, and necessary. So I encourage you today, consider yourself significant, important, (laughs) necessary, and very, very needed. I encourage you today to be sure you are where you are supposed to be doing what you are supposed to be doing and make sure that what you are doing is a is in a 0.0001% in the overall highest and good for everyone else as well. Do your part and do it the best way you know how. Do your part with all of your heart using all the abilities that you have now because you're being tested and trained and prepared for greater works. I offered this angry husband another week pro bono with another counselor. She and I worked together in making pro bono counseling available at the beginning, but he didn't show up for his first session with her, and I don't know where he is today. Maybe he's in jail, but at least there... He has a bed to sleep in and three meals a day, people to take care of him, a hot shower, and lots of time to think about his life and what he wants to do next. You know, if you've listened to my show for a while, you know that I've invested in a business with a convicted felon in another state. His angry attempts to fight against the wrongs he felt that had been done to him ended up in a 10-year sentence in state prison. That's a lot of time to think things over. And he decided that when he got out, he was going to use his energy to make a good life for himself. He had always been good at fixing cars, so he set up a car business, starting out in the driveway of a friend's house where he rented a room. And today he has a four-bay mechanic shop with four full-time mechanics. He has contracts with several fleets in his city, keeping those cars and trucks in the fleets working daily. And I invested in a tow truck for him, and he's being successful now in towing repos. He's an absolute expert at doing this. He used to steal cars, (laughs) and now he legitimately repos them. How's that for making that point zero 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 one percent turnaround in your life? <laughs> as long as we're breathing, we're connected to that source of life where there is always a field of all possibilities awaiting our exploration. And all it takes is that point zero 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 one percent decision to begin to make our life what we want. That's our show for today. Thanks so much for listening. You can contact Marcy Ann on her website, www.marcyann.com. You can also view all of Marcy Ann's videos on YouTube by putting Marcy Ann in the YouTube search window. You can download her book for free at www.mrwriteforme.com. And if you want to go into business for yourself, 
Take a look at Marcianne's Weddings and Celebrations Business Startup Course at www.weddingofficiantschool.com. The Middle of the Week Pick Me Up Energy Show is broadcast live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Coast Time from Marcianne's Studios in Southern California. All shows are also archived and can be listened to at any time in any place in the world.